0: This ACAP Coffee Break is supported by Softheon. Medicaid redeterminations are expected in 2022, and 10 million Medicaid enrollees may lose their coverage. Many of those people are expected to sign up for an exchange health plan. You have an opportunity to retain your members as they transition to an Affordable Care Act plan. Reach out to Softheon to start or scale your marketplace operations by visiting softheon.com ACAP. Again, more information at softtheon.com slash ACAP. Welcome back. It's time for another ACAP Coffee Break with Meg Murray. This is the podcast of the Association for Community-Affiliated Plans. We're glad you could join us. Thanks for listening. Today, Meg talks with Emma DeVito, president and CEO of Village Care Max and a longtime ACAP plan member. Here's Meg.
1: We are very proud that Emma is one of our newest board members at ACAP, um, but that's the, the um, she has many accomplishments and so many that she's recently been named to Crane's Notable Women in Healthcare, um, City and States Health Power 100, and Politics New York's Power Players in Healthcare. So we're very proud to have her as a member. She has a unique vision because of um, the, uh, she'll talk about her, she runs not just a plan, but a whole home health care agency and nursing homes. And uh, it's very unique, um, both within ACAP and around the country. So, Emma,
2: welcome. Thank you, Meg. It's really a pleasure to uh, be here and talk to you. And I'm really excited about um, joining the board of ACAP. I have a lot of respect for the work that you guys do. Um, you, you really have accomplished a lot for us. And um, I'm very grateful. And, and thanks for, for asking me to do this. Yes. Yeah. Well, we're excited to hear about your journey, your vision, and but well, maybe you can just start
1: off doing a better job than I did about explaining Village Care Max and how it fits into the ecosystem there in New York City.
2: Sure. So, uh, Village Care Mass, Max Max grew out of, you know, our provider uh, services that you know Village has uh, always enjoyed uh, a great, excellent reputation in the community. We were a very well-known provider. Of services in particular in HIV and AIDS and senior care. And we had a number, we had a network of services ranging all the way from nursing home to home care to medical model day programs, both for seniors and people with HIV. And uh, sometime in, I guess it was 2010 or so, the state decided, New York State decided that they were going to eliminate FIFA service funding. Uh, which was primarily the funding that we were getting for all of these services. And then they established an opportunity to apply for licenses for managed long-term care, um, MLTC or LTSS. So we really saw it as an opportunity to move into the managed care arena and continue to serve the population that we we were serving. We had a program that in New York, it was called the Lombardi Program, which was a capitated program. We did not get to manage the premium, but we had a cap. So we felt that we had a little bit of insight as to how this whole managed care thing would work. And we applied and we were probably one of the first to get approval um, to get a license in 2012. Uh, And it was really, I mean, it's been an amazing journey. Um, We have been able not only to continue to serve the population, but really grow. We're currently serving over 17,000 people. Uh, In addition to our managed long-term care, we have two Medicare products. We have a MAP, which is the integrated product that both the feds and the state really want us to promote, and which we think is also the um, the right path for seniors, really, to be able to bring coordinated care to be able to um, have a, a better um, opportunity to manage, uh, provide access to care for people, but also be able to care manage for them. Um, and then we also have a DSNP, which you know, as you know, it's, it's Medicare. So we, we really think that this has given us an opportunity to continue to serve people, to um, serve many more people that we were serving before. And I think the plan has been um, very successful. I think we've built on the reputation that we've had. And as you said, we, we continue to have a, a nursing home. is a very different model. It's a short-term facility. We have 105 beds and um, people typically stay maybe 15 days or less. Uh, our goal is to rehab people and then get them home um, because you know a lot of these people I mean, we all would prefer to stay home and be as independent as we can possibly be. And then we also have an assisted living program uh, in uh, in Chelsea, not Chelsea, I think it's um, Midtown. And um, that serves close to 90 individuals and we provide some uh, services for them, but they have their own apartments. And again, really promoting independence and trying to ensure that people um, can have access care and have the services that they need.
1: One of the questions I'd like to start off with on the podcast is asking about people's journey to their leadership. And it's been fascinating. They, our CEOs have come from all sorts of different areas, you know, some traditionally healthcare, but some not engineering and all sorts of things. And I think you're, you are not necessarily a healthcare person, right? You're more of finance. Right, so right, right. yeah. So tell us your journey. Um, what brought you, why healthcare and how did you get to be CEO?
2: So, you know, it was really interesting. I was working in a long-term care facility, a very, very large long-term care facility here in the city. And I worked in the finance department. And, you know, what really impressed me about them was that even back then, they really had a vision of helping people to age in place. They had um, what we would call today independent housing. They had the assisted living. It was called something different. And then they had the nursing homes. So typically, people came in independently, and then they had their journey. And you know, they when they needed a little bit more help, they moved into the assisted living. And then when they needed the nursing home, they moved into the nursing home. And it was a very large complex. And you know, I was always I was very impressed because at that time, people were not even thinking about you know uh, what's going to happen to people as they age in place. I think what really influenced me, my grandmother always lived with us. I mean, since I was born, she, she was always there and, and lived with us. And, you know, my mother always worked, and she was the person that when we got home from school, she was always there. So she was a big influence in my life. So respecting and honoring seniors, I think it's always been on my DNA. And, you know, I did it a little different, as you said, because I came through the finance area. Um, and when Village um, was um, rolling out the, the, the programs for HIV in particular, building a facility that was going to be for HIV patients, and I believe um, was the only one in the country that was dedicated uh, for people with um, HIV, um, you know, I got a call to, to see if I was interested and obviously Uh, wanted to do something during that time in the 90s that, you know, HIV was such a, so many people were impacted by it. And then also it was from a finance side, it was very interesting and exciting opportunity because it was a big financing package. Uh, The city, the state, the banks, they all came together to put this um, $74 million package to be able to buy this building and renovate it and now fit it to really be able to serve people with a HIV 219 beds. So it was very interesting financing the, the, the program and really getting it off the ground. Uh, and at the same time, you know, it was really helping and supporting the community um, that was being really, really impacted, especially in New York City and in the village.
1: Hmm, Fascinating. Um, It's funny. One of the things that we often hear is the influence of mothers and now grandmothers Mm -hmm. on people's careers. So of course, as a mother myself, I like hearing that. But um, so, so 20 years later, um, now you're the head of this huge organization and very influential in New York and now COVID, um, so um, d- different pandemic obviously than than AIDS, but extremely uh, significant. What is your organization doing to make sure that your members are vaccinated and boosted and, and healthy?
2: Yeah, and you know, this pandemic, I think is it continues to surprise us, right? Because when we thought we were, kind of, we we reached the hill and we were coming down the hill and now we're kind of back up on the hill. Um, you know, I think 2020 helped us. We, we learned a lot of lessons and we certainly supported our members throughout. Um, we had care packages that were delivered on a weekly basis with PPE and other uh, vitamins and other things that I think was helpful to the members. We also ensure that uh, transportation was available, especially for people who had to go for dialysis. And it was not easy to get transportation, especially during 19, you know, the beginning of it, when everybody was really scared. And you know, now what we what we've started to do, and, and this really started in 2020 and has continued, uh, we're working with the city to try to get people vaccinated and boosted. We um, have a number of relationships with pharmacies, local pharmacies where our members can come. We make appointments for them. We continue to provide the care packages because unfortunately COVID has continued to impact the membership. And this last virus, um, we have quite a number of members that are hospitalized. And unfortunately, uh, some of them are you know, um, respirators, which is not something we wanna hear. So we are working uh, really closely with the city. We're working with other uh, providers to try to get people uh, vaccinated and boosted. We're trying to work with the feds. Um, I think we're one of the plans that was selected to get data so that um, for the folks that are Medicare that we don't really know whether they're vaccinated or not to get that data so we have a much more complete um, uh, data set to know who's vaccinated and who's not vaccinated but we certainly are working closely with uh, the docs and um, community people to really get people vaccinated as, you know, as much as possible and to really engage them because a lot of it is providing information. There's been, as you know, a lot of misinformation about the vaccines so we're doing education uh, and we're trying to facilitate uh, by making appointments for them. Uh, and it, we have sites where people um, were close to a drugstore and people could just go right next door and, and get their vaccine um, and working with the city. I think that's also worked uh, really well for our members.
1: So you you alluded to some of the issues that we collectively refer to as the social determinants of health, transportation, meals, housing. What what, just can tell us a little bit more about what Village Care Max has been doing to address those, maybe in the context of COVID as well as outside.
2: Yeah, and I think this is where you know it takes a village, right? Um, Because you you can one one group can do it by themselves, and I think that's something that we've learned, and I think having that provider. Perspective has really helped us tremendously. So, we are working with providers here in the city, especially those that have expertise in housing and um, delivering meals. Um, and, and, you know, this also was extremely helpful for us and very significant during the pandemic that we were able to uh, partner with a lot of these other providers to really bring services to our members. Um, so, yeah, I think food insecurity and so many other issues that people, especially seniors, face in the city, we're also developing a population health program. We just hired a nurse and uh, we have a we, we have a little team that is getting together where I think is going to help to better understand uh, what our members need and really be able to manage the social determinants that are impacting them by really creating Um, stronger partnerships or newer partnerships with others in the community that could really um, facilitate some of these services for them.
1: One of the other areas that I'm sure that you've been very focused on um, maybe more than some of our other plans, even because of the nature of the um, genesis of your plan is the um, LGBTQ population and their needs. And ACAP just um, is putting out a report in January um, about what some of our plans are doing and we'll have a webinar. So depending on when you're listening to this podcast, it's either coming up or you can find the, the webinar link on our website. But could you talk a little bit about what your plan has done to address the, the um, specific and unique needs of this population?
2: And, you know, that for us, it's like, so it's so it's second nature, right? Because we came from serving so many people who were HIV, LGBTQ. So it's again, it's part of who we are. It's part of what we've done for for such a long time. We have such a diverse um group of people serving people. Our staff is so diverse. And then our members are so diverse. Uh, Obviously, where we are in New York City, uh, but also because of the type of work that we've done and the type of work that we're doing. We wanna ensure that we promote equity and opportunities for everyone. One of the things that we're focusing on is on, on developing a much more uh, formalized program, right? So we started by expanding our procurement policy to make sure that when we do RFPs, so when we reach out to vendors that we're including minority businesses, uh, women and people of color, I think that's really, really important. Um, we've done a little bit of work to better understand our workforce and kind of understand a little bit what is it that they're looking for ensure that we have opportunities for promotions and growth. And those are available to everyone. Obviously there's always more to be done, but I think that um, we also have recruited for our board uh, minorities. And I think that's important because you wanna be um, not only just from your your workforce, but at all levels, you wanna make sure that there's representation. As you know, I serve on the Amidicare board um, we were one of the original sponsors and, you know, we're very proud of the work that Care has done uh, here in the city. One thing that I always, I think it's, it's really a testament to the work that we've done. When we had our HIV programs, um, we had home care and we had daycare. And we have a core of those members that are now in our plan and they have been with us Since the very beginning. And I think that's, to me, that's really meaningful. And that really says a lot because they could go to any other plan. But the fact that, you know, they know we're there for them, they know that this is really important um, and that we've kind of had this journey together. Um, So I think that's, to me, that's a real indication that, um, you know, they feel that we're supporting them and that, you know, we're listening to what their issues are. Uh, and you know we're trying to improve so i think there's much more to do uh, but i think for us this is something that is part of who we are and we we want to continue to obviously do better but i think we do have um, a lot of opportunities for the workforce as well as for the membership
1: well you clearly uh, have been very successful in um, over these years, and I'm I'm sure that these last two years have probably been some of the most stressful for you in terms of uh, everything else you were dealing with, and then COVID on top of it. And I'm curious, um, in terms of what you do to relax, and um, if that's part, if part of that is reading and getting. Uh, out of your world through fiction or learning about new worlds through nonfiction what what are you reading and what helps you to relax and deal with the stress of you these know times? It's
2: int- yeah and it's interesting you say that because I love to read and I have to tell you that during the pandemic during 2020 I couldn't read it was so I mean I think we were all under such stress right that it was just so difficult to kind of like try to focus um, and as I said, I think the you know, it's not, we're not going back to 2020. I think we have so many other tools, right, that we have the vaccines and we have the boosters, and now they're going to have some other uh, meds that hopefully will help people get out of this. But it, but it is, we're still not out of the woods. So I am reading. I started reading. I got, I always get books for Christmas and I got an amazing book. It's called The Paper Palace by Miranda Cowley, I think, Heller. Um, And it's a novel. It's just extremely well written. And it's just lovely. And it's really a good distraction from all this COVID stuff and all this situation that seems that, you know, seems like it's never ending. I know it is going to end and there is a light at the end of this very long tunnel. but, um, But I highly recommend it. The Paper Palace. Uh, But I do say my husband was saying because I had all every year I get books for Christmas and he goes, but you haven't read any of your books and I go, you know, I can't I can't, but I started so um, I started at the end of 2021 and I'm going to continue I have a bunch of books that I have to read.
1: Good. Well, we will add the paper palace to our Goodreads list and people can find that I think uh, related to the podcast and. Well, Emma, again, thank you for speaking with us and, and being on the board and, and being so involved in ACAP, your plan and you yourself have brought a lot to ACAP into the ACAP plan. So we appreciate it. Well,
0: thank you so much. I appreciate being part of it. And that's your ACAP Coffee Break. Thanks for listening. You can find all of our book recommendations on our Goodreads bookshelf. There's a link in the description of this podcast. You can, of course, find, like, and subscribe to the ACAP Coffee Break wherever you get your podcasts. When you do, give us a shout on Twitter using the hashtag ACAP Coffee Break. We'll enter you in a drawing for a Starbucks gift card, so next time you tune in, your coffee's on us. This has been the ACAP Coffee Break, supported by Sophion. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.